You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. There's no conclusion to this story. The elder brother who would exclude his younger brother, he's left alone by himself in the night outside the party uh, that's going on inside. Not because he himself wasn't welcome, but because he could not affirm the one that was being celebrated. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery and this is episode 413. Our title this week is Exclusive by exclusion, and our reading is from the Gospel of Luke. This is Luke 15, 1 through 3, and then 11 through 32. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he he divided his property between them. Not long after, the younger son got together all that he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to feed to, the, to his fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I'm starving to death. I will set out, go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But his father answered him, look, all of these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home. You kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. There's a lot of economics in this week's story. And in this week's story, I, I want to remind us, Jesus is not answering uh, his listeners' questions about who gets to go to heaven or not. The context of the narrative 
isn't about an afterlife at all. It's about social and political dynamics in this life, in Jesus' society. Within that context, the narrative addresses the exclusion of certain ones, like tax collectors and those who are labeled as, as sinners, by those who are privileged in their society. And I, I, I want to note that I don't believe that this story accurately represents the Pharisees or Jewish scholars of, at that time. It, it might represent some leaders within those social groups, such as the, the Pharisees of the school of Shammai, but, but this story, it doesn't rightly characterize the more inclusive Pharisees of the school of Hillel, lumping all Pharisaical and latter rabbinical schools into a monolith, and then 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 to use that group pejoratively, that that is deeply anti-Semitic and has a long history. I'm going to put a link to uh, a resource for on that in this week's e-site from trua.org uh, forward slash anti-Semitism, um, just for your own uh, ed, um, education purposes. If if that's a new thought for you. But but we have to also address this label of sinner in our story this week. And I've written at length about this before. You can see uh, the the e-site on our website entitled uh, the, the Lost Coin. And I'll put a link to that in, in this week's e-site as well. But, but, but the term sinner, I wrote, is used in the Gospels in a very particular sense. It's not used in the universal everyone's a sinner sense. We, we see this in Jesus' social political context. Imagine, if you will, this week a circle, and those at the center, they controlled and they made decisions for the circle, while those who were pushed from the center toward the edges had less and less say um, the further away from the center that they found themselves. And what determined how close to the center someone operated was, uh, was this idea that, that, that we now have a difficult time, I think, understanding. This, this, this was the idea of purity or fidelity to to one uh, a, a community's interpretation of Torah and, and those on the edges they were pushed uh, there to the edges by labeling them sinners that was the 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 method the mechanics of what was happening those on the edges of the circle they had no privilege they had no power they had no voice so it, it would help us in our context today to instead of of reading the word sinner to read the, read uh, the term marginalized uh, a sinner was, the, again, the pejorative religious label that those at the center of Jesus' society, they used to marginalize whomever they chose. And this, and it wasn't just religious. It had political and economic implications as well. And, and again, this leads us to the, the central point, I believe, of this week's story. Jesus' parable was originally aimed at those who excluded or marginalized others, and then they were disparaging Jesus because of the people that he embraced to the people he affirmed or included. Within Christian faith communities today, many exclude and marginalize LGBTQ people of faith, and then they label and exclude as dangerous allies who embrace, affirm, and include them. And I, I have firsthand experience with this. I'm also reminded of the patriarchal traditions that uh, exclude women from certain ministerial roles or, or ministerial credentials. And then they label those who don't exclude them, who, who call for their inclusion, they label those folks as dangerous. White churches have practiced similar exclusion over matters of race and multiracial diversity, and not only in their congregations, but also 
also and who's allowed and supported to, to take on certain leadership roles. In our larger society, there are inclusions and exclusions too. And I want to be very clear, we at Renewed Heart Ministries we have condemned Russia's recent invasion of Ukraine, and our hearts are with all who are being harmed by this action. And we continue to maintain that the road to peace is not war, but distributive justice, safety, and compassion. And we affirm Ukraine's right of self-determination and self-defense. And I also noticed the disparity in the global support for Ukraine now compared to to other humanitarian crises. Uh, journalists have even compared the the problems that Putin's having in 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 taking over Ukraine uh, to to the U.S.'s historical treatment of other countries and the problems that the U.S. had when they uh, tried to take over countries. I wonder if they realize in that moment what they're admitting about imperialism, because that's the level of truth-telling that I don't think we in the U.S. Are, are willing to embrace. News reporters, they've also betrayed their own racism, even when speaking of this, this conflict and their surprise at the plight of Ukrainian refugees. They use rhetoric as, as quote-unquote, relatively civilized or relatively European, or, or they've even used terms like blue eyes and blonde hair, or, or, or uh, the shock that the Ukraine is, quote unquote, not a developing third world nation, but Europe, um, quote unquote, well-dressed people. We should care about our Ukrainian siblings and, and other people living in that country as part of our human family. We shouldn't care about them or base our involvement, or our help on whether we perceive them to be white or European. Refugees from, from, from other parts of the world, they deserve our care and concern just as much. This is another form of that whom we include and who we exclude. The U.S. shows these patterns too. Those who are working toward this country's high ideals for an inclusive, multiracial, democracy, um, or, or those who are working to transform society into a, a place of equity for women, often those folks are characterized as dangerous. Uh, there are hundreds of legislative attacks against trans people, lesbian, uh, gay, bisexual people in states like, like Texas and Florida right now, including Efforts to exclude children who belong to the LGBTQ community or who have parents who do. Children this age are often asked by grandparents and aunts and uncles and, and others if they have a boyfriend or girlfriend yet. Or their, their teachers ask them at school to share, share about your family. And, and, and those children are now, some of those are being excluded by the laws that were seeking to be passed in many of the state's recent legislative session. But this week's Terrible. It calls us to question whom we are excluding and the basis for our exclusion. It's calling us to question the practice of marginalizing and excluding others regardless of the basis. Jesus' story, it ends, remember, open-endedly. There's no conclusion to this story. The elder brother who would exclude his younger brother, he's left alone by himself in the night outside the party uh, that's going 
going on inside, not because he himself wasn't welcome, but because he could not affirm the one that was being celebrated. And and maybe that's the point. As we're working toward a more inclusive, safe, compassionate, just society for everyone, if any are left out in the end, it won't be because they themselves aren't welcome, but because they can't accept other people, especially the ones that are being affirmed, celebrated, and included. As we consider our own practices this week of of exclusion, um, this week's story warns each of us that those we exclude may end up enjoying God's party while we, because of our exclusionary practices, we may find ourselves outside the party alone in the night. Heart group application this week. Share something that spoke to you from this week's eSight or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, uh, we have many examples today of folks who have been excluded because of whom they include. Share some examples of how people or communities today are being excluded like this older brother because of their own exclusion and discuss that with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone. Thanks for checking in with us today, right where you are. Keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.